0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you
0: listen to your favorite podcasts. On today's episode of the Locked On Texas Podcast, I know you guys are excited The first round is in the books. So we dive into Derek Stingley. We dive into Kenyon Green. We hear from Nick Casario. We we dive into that. We also talk about what we expect for the rest of the draft. So before we have any discussion about anything from the 2022 draft, Cody, start the countdown of the post NFL draft show. I'm not gonna let the insiders move me, man. I'm, I'm gonna stick with the guy that I have for the jump. The last six weeks or so, it's Iki Kwanu, the guard tackle out of NC State. Look, I think it's with me. I just want them to pick best available. I mean, at this point, the team is in a
2: rebuild, you know, we're trying to reload up. You know, we had lost the shine. we had lost a couple of good players. So I want them to just build up on the team and go from there. build around mills, like they're saying, and just
0: keep going from there. How excited are you right now? Very, very. I mean Sexy Marco and I don't call a lot of men sexy But we need a sexy pick Who you want to roll with Let me make sure I get his name right Because I, I've i been mispronouncing it all night Oken. Oh. Oh, Oaken Do you know how to say it? Iki Equanu. Aquatic. take the tackle? Yes. Okay, you want to go yeah. with Icky Aquatic to spend one more time. All right, I got Sexy Marco here with me. The franchise right now for you.
1: Yeah, it's exciting to have some picks in the first round since we haven't had any for a while.
0: So we're really excited to see who the Texans are. Throwback oh, yeah. JJ Wide Jersey. All white shining. Listen, man. Are you looking forward to this upcoming season? Absolutely, man. I just bought my season tickets. I'm, I'm ready, ready for this sure. season, bro. Yes, sir. Season tickets? They did a really good draft, you know what I mean, they kept the logo, LSU, we love LSU, man, we we love Louisiana, you know, uh, kid out of Tacita, bro, like, I mean, it is Houston, man, like, Houston is hungry. Welcome in, everybody, to a Friday edition of the Locked On Texan Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Johnson Sports Guy Hickman, joined by Sports Illustrated's own Cody Davis. Cody had an opportunity yesterday while the draft was taking place. He was down at the NRG with the rest of the media, members of of the Houston media. I was over at the draft party, mixing in with the fans, as you guys were able to see to start the episode off. But, you know, before we talk about the draft, Cody, the energy, the, the the atmosphere, the new expectations, the ups and downs, and everybody coming to a place where it seems like the cloud hanging oh. over this franchise head is kind of flowing away. Huh. And the sun has started to shine in. And with that being said, with the third overall pick, a player that... You know we speculated with the last couple of weeks whether it was going to be Sauce Gardner or Derek Stingley. Shout out to the local media, guys who knew that it was not going to be a tackle. But (laughs) Derek Stingley was drafted third overall by the Houston Texans. And I texted you this last night, also tweeted it. But I think with the Houston Texans, what they were able to do with Stingley and Green, which we'll get into, they went BPA. Normally, BPA means best player available. However, I think that this was the best potential available. And I'll get into that why. But when we look at Derek Stingley, let's talk about the 2019 season. Widely regarded as the best college cornerback in college football. Six interceptions, 15 pass deflections, and towards the end of the year, remember that was that 2019 LSU Tiger team widely regarded as one of the best, if not the best college football team of all time, became one of those players that college quarterbacks did not want to try. But the two years following that, let's look at the history. He does have an injury history, an ankle sprain October 20, 2020, um, another ankle sprain December fifth, two 2020, a preseason foot sprain in 2021, and he aggravated that foot sprain in week four leading up to the Mississippi State game that resulted in a DeLins front injury. Now, he did perform very great in his pro day, ran that 4-3, and I think that shot him up the college <laughs> drafts and, you know, the ranks of quarter- cornerbacks. He was always kind of regarded as one or two, but he was the first taken off the board, and I think that pro day had a lot to do with it. He did mention that he is not fully recovered. However, the lens frank injury would no longer be a concern. Cody, when you look at third overall, especially when you look at who was drafted fourth overall as well. <laughs> but I think for the Houston Texas fans, what they are getting, if healthy, when healthy, is a player that can really create turnovers. And I think they're getting a player. When we look at Lovey Smith, and I'm going to mention this guy's name simply based off what Lovey Smith has emphasized: turning over the ball, getting turnovers, which Houston did a great job with last year. Excuse me, last year. Lovey Smith could possibly get his 2022 Charles Tillman, a player that was you know known to create turnovers. I like the pick, not the pick that I would have went with. However, he was the best potential available. I think Nick Casario did a very great job in his coaching staff and his scouting staff making sure that they get a player that fits what they want to do. And we heard from Nick Casario speaking about Derek Stingley, and what he had to say was whenever you have an opportunity to watch a young man play college football in the SEC, I don't care what the Pac-12 say, I don't care what Big Ten says, I don't care what any other conference says, the best conference in college football and he's playing against top-level competitors and and top-level players, you get a real opportunity to see what he can do. And I think that they won with the third overall draft pick.
2: And I 100% agree with you, John. And look, you know me. This whole entire time, I've been sitting here saying, please do not select a tackle or any type of offensive lineman with that number three overall pick. Because when you take a look at what was the main concern for the Houston Texans, they had to do something with that secondary. And it came down between Amal Sauce Gardner and Derek Stingley. And my biggest takeaway when I was sitting there listening to – Nick Casario talking about why they decided to go with Stingley is what you just talked about. The fact that he played in the SEC. Now, there's no shot at at, at Mossos Gardner, who played his entire collegiate career in the American Athletic Conference. By the way, I think that is one of the most underrated conferences in college football and in basketball as well. But there's one thing Nick Casario said it's not just the competition in the in the type of players that he was playing against on Saturdays it was the players that he was going up against on a daily basis and in practice i mean you talk about 2019 that was jamar chase that was um um justin jefferson like he was going up against players that are already making their mark at the wide receiver position at practice during his 3 year stint at lsu and i know there's a concern in terms of injuries and This was the only reason why I wanted to see the Texans go with Sauce over Stingley is because, like I mentioned, 2019, that's two, three years ago. And it just it just bothers me that we have to go back that far to say this is the type of player that the Houston Texans are getting versus Amal Sauce Gardner. He was every single season. He got better and showcased his potential of being arguably the best cornerback in this year's draft class. However, There's one thing I I will want to say about Derry Stanley. And, John, you just mentioned this as well. When healthy, I do believe the Houston Texans did, and they will come away with the best cornerback, the best defensive back that this year's class had to
0: offer. Absolutely. And, you know, before we move on to Kenyon Green, I would like to say this. Throughout this draft process, it's not like we didn't hear and this is going to connect Kenyon Green. It's not like we didn't hear Levy Smith and Nick Casario speak on the positions and the needs, right? So when we look at Pep Hamilton being promoted, I remember the conversation that Lovey Smith had around giving Pep Hamilton what he needs. And he mentioned how important it is to get that power run game going. And so that's geared towards Kenyon Green. We heard from Lovey Smith and Nick Casario, but more so Lovey Smith when he said, I feel like I do not have the corners to win with my defense. So they go corner three. They go interior offensive line, uh, 15th overall. And with that 15th overall pick, that was the pick that they traded, moved back. They traded with Philly. uh, And now the Houston Texans sit at 37 overall. And then as follows, 68, 80, 107, 108, 124, 162, 166, 170, 205, 207. In the past several days, they were able to trade with New England to get 170, gave them a fifth-round pick. Remember, going into the draft, they did not have a fifth-round pick, so that gave them one. And then trading with Philly, they were able to get 162 and 166. I expect Nick Casario with, within that draft. You know what? I'm going to save it because I want to talk about Kenyon Green. A lot of people immediately was like shocked. Who is Kenyon Green? Your guy, you guys are going to find out hometown kid at Cedar over here, off, over here close to Humble, Houston definitely got Pep Hamilton and it offers what they needed. Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company that gives you the features of $200 sunglasses for a fraction of that price. That means polarized lenses, well-constructed, doable frames, and premium high-end finishes. Also, something you won't find anywhere else is Shady Rays' insane protection program. Shady Rays includes lost and broke, broken protection on every pair of sunglasses. They will send you a brand new pair if you lose them, no matter what happens, give them a try. And if you don't love them, you'll pay nothing. It's as simple as that. Plus, 10 meals are donated to fight hunger in America whenever you shop with Shady Rays, exclusively for our listeners. Head to shadyrays.com and use code LOCKED ON to get 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. That's code LOCKED ON for their best deal of the season. off two or more pairs of Shady Rays sunglasses backed by over 1,050 verified five-star reviews. You cannot beat that. America has spoken. ShadyRays.com. With the Locked On Texas podcast, be sure to check out the Locked On, live Locked On NFL draft coverage. We started last night on Thursday. We will continuously go throughout the weekend, all three days, major coverage from our local team experts and draft gurus. Find us on YouTube at Locked On NFL and on the Odyssey app. And welcome back in Locked On Texas viewers and listeners out there. Did you guys catch Cody and I on the Locked On NFL last night? Did y'all catch us? Cody had an opportunity to talk about the third overall pick, and Derek Stingley, our backdoor, and came with the 15th overall pick with Kenyon Green, the offensive lineman out of Texas A&M, and that's where I want to pick up, Cody. Listeners out there, uh, I know when 15 came around, when 13 came around, a lot of you guys may have been screaming, Kyle Hamilton, maybe Jermaine Johnson. Um, maybe getting one of those receivers like a Traylon Burks. But I'll say this. Nick Casario, the coaching staff, scouting department, everyone involved made the right decision, trading back, getting Kenyon Green, and why is that? Well, before I go into that, I'll say this. I I got to check myself, checks and balances. I thought Zion Johnson was the best interior guard in this draft. Best interior offensive lineman in this draft, right? But for the Houston Texans, they didn't necessarily need any more Laramie Tunsils, hmm. right? And with Laramie Tunsils, what am I mentioning? A player that is so good in pass blocking. One blocking is, you know, average, but pass blocking is great at it. That's his bread and butter. They needed a nasty guy who can move bodies. And I think that's what Kenyon Green can do. His run block win rate, on zone runs was 89.8 in college. He's also a very good pass blocker. His pass block win rate was 93.2. In his final year, he played a very versatile uh played very versatile for Texas A&M, played in some uh, games where he was right tackle, left guard and right guard. Maybe the best feet and hand combo in the draft for an interior offensive lineman to match his power. He's very massive He's 6'4". He's 325. He's a big guy. He's also from the city of Houston. So y'all going to love that as well. But he's a big guy. And if you watch his tape, in a game I would advise everybody to watch is the 2020 game against Alabama. If you watch that tape, there were times during that game where Alabama would run a stunt, and the way he was able to recognize it and pick it up was immediately. You don't necessarily see that a lot of times, Right. Uh, the way he was able to move his feet while still applying the power that he naturally has, right? Those are some of the things that when you look at what Houston wants to do with Pep Hamilton, we are expecting a power run or at least be more effective in that run game. He's a player that can get out on the edge and pull a block and get to the second level and take out the defender or get out to that edge or maybe like a trap and take out that DN, right? So these are some of the things that, when you look at what Houston was not able to do last year, being historically bad, hey, this is where Kenyon Green comes in and he helps fixes that. I think interior offensive guard, offensive lineman was top on the Texas draft board along with getting the cornerback. How could you not like what they were able to leave out the first round with?
2: I love their first pick and the selection of Darius Stingley at number three. I'm 50 50 with this pick because. What I love most about it, because you was because the Texans were able to improve their interior offensive line, the number one thing that I like about it, it actually gives Titus Howard another opportunity to prove that he is this team right tackle for the future. And just like Laramie Tunsell, I understand that he is not an offensive lineman that you can trust with his run blocking, but he is a guy that you can trust in the pass protection. And we've been saying it here a lot, uh, here a lot on Locked On Texans where. The Houston Texans are trying their best to put Davis Mills in the best pos- position possible. And he already has his edge on the offensive line taken care of. Larry Tunso on one side, Titus Howe on another. I like that. Yeah,
0: John, like you, you too.
2: Just, John, you just alluded to the fact that Green is a very good run blocker and I think the combination between him and Justin Britt because Justin Britt did have a very good um run blocking grade he actually he scored the highest according to pro football focus last season I think between him and Britt I think the Texans are going to be much better in the run game however I think Green's selection indicates that within these next three picks that we're going to see today, the Houston Texans got to address this running back position. And I had an opportunity Mm. to talk to Nick Casario about that. Nick Casario gave me the political correct answer that they're going to address that and, and evaluate it just like they do every single position. But when I take a look at Green and I take a look at his best attribute is blocking, you know, his run blocking, that, that lets me know, we're gonna see a running back taking in this draft sooner rather than later. However, John, I'm not too sure if I like the fact that they traded down to get green. And when they got to pick number 15, you still had a guy like Trelon Burks. You still had a guy like Jermaine Johnson still on the draft board. And when I take a look at skill positions. Of course, the wide receiver. The Texans still have to find and address getting at least a second, a number two receiver as of this year who can turn in to your number one receiver at some point. Because, yes, this team still has Brandon Cooks, but. Brandon cooks, he's getting up there in age. And at some point they're going to have to turn the keys over and say, you know what? This is a guy who's going to be, be our number one receiver moving forward. Plus the more weapons that you give Davis meal, the better that he's going to be. And in the first segment, we talked about how lovey Smith um, said that he did not have the cornerbacks to run his defense, but he also mentioned the engine of his defense is that defensive front. And the fact that you passed up on Burks and Johnson that concerns me because I take a look at a guy like Green. Of course, I don't know how the other teams valued him. Valued him. But what I will say is this. you telling me you couldn't select Green with the 37th overall pick? That's my only issue. But when I take a look at how important it is for the Texans to not only improve that offensive line, but improve the run game, I'm I'm at peace with
0: it. Let me just say that. It's good. To, it's you know. It's good to be at peace. It's okay to be at peace, and I, I think that number one, when you look at you know trading back and then selecting Kenyon Green, well, let's go in order. They traded back, and so when they traded back, Philly went up, and Philly gave up two two uh, not first round, but two later round drip or draft picks. That's big for Houston, and I'll tell you why. You know. I can't remember which episode, but I did address that if Houston does trade their 13th overall pick, that to me will indicate that the wide receiver position and the running back position is a position that they may have scouted and they have players who they think will be available later in the draft that fits what the Texans want to do, right? And so when you look at 37 overall, I believe that's way too high for a Brees Hall. And who is widely regarded as the best running back? Well, he's the draft. best running back. And
2: John, once again, I understand the run blocking for the Texans was terrible, but it's not going to be that much better when you have David Johnson and and Philip Lindsay as your one one-two running back. Like they gotta address yeah. the talent at some point.
0: They they have to and they will, and that's why I look at getting picks uh in one well, oh they already have one Now look at 124, 162. 166 and 170. Between those four draft picks, Houston will have an opportunity to get a very good quality running back. I think the NFL right now just knows the value of running backs just isn't high anymore. Right. And it's been like that for a very long time. The recent injuries with Christian McCaffrey, Zeke, and all that, that has played a big factor in teams staying away from running backs very early on. I get it. But now with those extra picks, there's a lot of addressing you can do between running back and between the wide receiver position because it's so deep in this class. And so with 37, you know, i don't look at a potential Bo Mafe in edge rusher that the Houston Texans could possibly go after. I wouldn't necessarily put a lot of stock into a player that just tore his ACL a couple of months ago during his pro day, but you got to look at, you got to look at David Ojobu, the edge rusher out of Michigan, right? There are some players that inside defensive, uh, defensive lineman Travis Jones is another one that'll be available. Jalen Petrie, he'll be available. So, there's some players that are out there that make sense for Houston defensively while they address the edge rush position, while they address the safety position. And then, after that, well, okay, let's go ahead and invest in everything else on the offensive side of the ball because there are so many. Ta- Listen, what well, receivers. They start playing in four, three to four receiver sets in high school. They're coming out so much more e- e- equipped and ready for the NFL level that they're, they're ready. You can plug and play a lot of these guys. And so I'm okay with waiting till the third or fourth or fifth round of draft some receivers and running backs. I'm okay with that. I, I like this Kenyon Green pick. Uh Most importantly, I hope that maybe Hippo Burger or one of these spots over here in the task and gives him an, uh, an endorsement somehow, the, the green burger. I don't know, but th- th- I think they won. I You know, I, I'm, a, I'm okay about saying I got to live by this, right? I think the BPA, they got the best potential available. Both of these players have the potential to be the best at what they do well. That's moving guys out the way. Get, get, get out of my way. Get out of my running back's way. Get out of my quarterback's way. And that's, hey, we're not throwing this way. this is We're going to lock it down. We're going to create turnovers if you try me. Summer is coming, and with summer, you're going to want to need some food on the go. Bill Bar are the perfect snacks to take with you on your family vacations. Hey, throw them in the bag. Throw them in your kids' backpack and make sure everyone has a bar so you're fueled for your summer adventures. The best part about Bill Bar, they're healthy and delicious. No more sacrificing delicious foods for healthy reasons. You can have the best of both worlds. And it's easy. All you have to do is go to bill.com and order right now. All Bill Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. That means with Bill Bar, you can eat healthy and inject, actually enjoy what you are eating. Go to bill.com and use promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at bill.com. Thanks for making Locked On Texas your first listen every day. Be sure to keep up with the Locked On NFL Draft Show with Ryan Tracy and former NFL cornerback Eric Crocker. They bring the NFL Draft to life every day with insight and analysis on college football prospects and NFL front offices. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts.
2: Welcome back in, ladies and gentlemen, to this Friday installment of Locked on Texans. I apologize if I sound different, look different today. It's because I ran into a couple of tech issues, but it's okay. I was still able to give you guys what you want, and that is, of course, a recap of day one of the draft. However, now we got to turn our attention to the rest of the draft, rounds two through seven. And, John, starting with pick number 37, I think we could see the Houston Texans either adjust their knee at the defensive front Or maybe at running back, because when you go back and you take a look at that selection of green, I do believe that might signal the fact that Nick Casario could be targeting Isaiah Spiller, the running back from Texas A&M, especially Mm -hmm. considering that Nick Casario said that he was at A&M's pro day and he spoke real highly of that university. So I would not be surprised if he tried to reunite those two guys, but at pick 37, in my opinion, I think it might be more important for the Texans to address the defensive line. Um, there is still Logan Hall, a guy from the University of Houston, I thought who was going to be have an opportunity to be drafted in the first round. If he's still there, pick number 37. And I would love to see a defensive front with Hall and Jonathan
0: Gennard. Yeah, I know. I so many different players to choose from. Right? <laughs> exactly. I mean, I'm so excited we have this opportunity again. But... You know, in terms of players, I don't necessarily want to get into the players. I just want to kind of get into the position. And with 37, I would like to see Houston maybe address that edge rusher position or safety. Mm. You know, and, and again, I go back to the picks that Houston has 37, 68, 80th, 107, 108, 124. 162, 166, 170, 205, 207. I'm not really tripping on the sixth round. But between the three fourth-round picks and the two fits, now that's later, that's day three. But when I look at day two, with 37 and 68 and 80, that's three picks unless Houston moves on from them. I would like to see Houston address edge rusher, safety, and wide receiver. I would like to see Houston address that. I do want to go back and talk a little bit about our two first round picks. I think it's very important to say that Houston got some dogs. They have some dogs on the field. And I think this is the first time I've been comfortable saying that since DeAndre Hopkins in the first round. Like two players that – like when well, I think once they immediately play, they can impact the game. They some dog, like like really go out and get it dogs, right? Especially when I look at Keon Green and him being a body mover. That is huge for Houston and this culture. Because I think Sauce Gardner was maybe a little bit too much for Houston, which is funny. Not the city of Houston, but the franchise, the Texans. Um, that sauce at, chain that he had, man, way too much. That was it. I, that, you know, that's probably when they ran. They they picked back and said, "Hey, we can't yeah. do
2: this." It, it probably it probably came down to the final. They probably said, "You know, we're gonna base our decision on who comes dressed, the 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 the, the, the
0: tonus at yeah. the draft." And who, sauce went all out. Yeah, <laughs> did he did he go see Johnny Dang already? Yeah, we gotta get that back. <laughs> but uh, I will say, Ke- uh, Keon Green has some high words. High respect from Nick Sirio. He mentioned that he grew up here. He understands football. His family is here. His support system matters. He also continued with. When they got to 13, Philly wanted to come up. We ended up picking up the three extra picks. We slid back and picked Kenyon. Really productive, consistent player. He also added that he's more of an inside player. So he's committing to Green playing guard. He's blue collar, he's humble, he works his ass off. I think all of those things fit this Nick Cereo-led franchise. And so they won on day one, man. I don't, I don't see there how anybody could come out and not look at a couple of franchises winning. I think the New York Jets won. I think the New York Giants won. Mm. And I think the Houston Texans absolutely won. Day, I think all of those three teams won day one of the NFL draft. I'm excited to see what they do in day day two, starting, what is it, 6.30, 5 o'clock? Was it 6.30 or 7? Uh, I think 6 today. 6 today, 7 Eastern, 6 today here in Central Time. Houston will have three picks in day two. Come on now. I'm John, so sports guy Hickman. Follow us on Twitter at LockedOnTexans. Follow me on Twitter at John underscore Hickman12. You guys have been doing a great job. And for all you new subscribers, what's up? How you doing? Make sure you subscribe to the Locked On Texting page on YouTube, like and comment as
2: well. And as always, I'm your host, Cody Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody, C-O-T-Y-D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. I promise I will be back to my normal self in terms of sound and visual Monday. So but enjoy the rest of the draft. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace.